You've just entered the Storyteller.net Amphitheater. Amphitheater. Hey folks, it's Sean Bovala. I'm the publisher at the Small Tooth Dog Publishing Group, LLC, and I'm the founder of Storyteller.net. Today we're going to be talking to Laura Packer, who is the author and creator of one of the latest books in our work. And that book is From Audience to Zeal, The ABCs of Finding, Crafting, and Telling a Great Story. Uh, Laura has been in the storytelling world for many, many years, as I have. So this will be less the publisher interviewing the author and more about two storytelling practitioners speaking to each other. And so on that note, I want to welcome Laura Packer. How are you today? I'm good, Sean. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for setting up this call, and I am really excited about working with you. Thank you. Thanks. So are we. And we've been working for a while now on this piece. Um, we're at the point now where we're doing some final edits and sending out, you know, ARCs, the advanced reader copies and those types of things. I have loved doing this project. Part of it is that it's, it's in my wheelhouse, my personal professional wheelhouse to be talking so very specifically about the art of oral storytelling in particular. Uh, although I think the book has application to creating stories in other environments, uh, you and I both come from an oral storytelling background. And we have similar backgrounds in that we work with a variety of settings. We've worked in corporate work and in healing work and in social justice work, things like that. So You've got this great book coming along, and I'm curious if you could, first off, give us some of your background, how you came to this point, and so that people who aren't familiar with your work yet uh, can come to know you a little bit better uh, as, a, uh, as a person who should be writing about the world of storytelling. Well, I'm happy to. So my mother, who is now retired, was a children's librarian in her professional life. So I grew up with her telling me folktales, the stories that she was working on to tell the kids in her library. At the same time, my father was an aspiring writer, and he would tell me the stories of his life. He would recapture some of the stories that he heard as radio plays when he was a boy. And I really grew up in an environment where told story, oral story, was valued. So I then went on to start telling some of the stories my mom told to my friends when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. I remember being six, seven, eight years old and sharing stories with my friends and then starting to become the person everyone went to for spooky stories, which of course is <laughs> what kids love so very much. <laughs> right. I kept telling stories. I kept loving stories and I kept seeing that there was something different about a told story from a read story or written story. At the same time that I was telling stories, I was becoming a writer as well, but it was very clear to me that the experience for the audience as well as for the artist, that those were very different things. In college, I got my degree in folklore and mythology. I essentially have a degree in fairy tales because (laughs) I was and remain so very much in love with this traditional material, with the magic of it, with the way that these stories are very much about how to live your life and not necessarily safe little happily ever after tales. But the important thing relevant to this conversation that happened when I was in college is I met a storyteller named Brother Blue, who many of you may have heard of. Those of you who haven't, I would urge you to look up Brother Blue's storyteller. He was an amazing man. And as soon as I saw him tell stories out on the street in Harvard Square to an absolutely enthralled audience, I could feel that this was somehow related to what I wanted to be doing with my life. I took a class from him. 
And a few years later, after I graduated from college, I found out that he was hosting a monthly storytelling, weekly, pardon me, weekly storytelling open mic. So I went to that open mic and I was absolutely petrified. Uh-huh. And I told sure. my first story in a public setting. I right. believe I was 24 years old. And by the time I was done, I knew that that's what I would be doing with the rest, with the rest of my life in one way or another. And I have. Right. <laughs> and from that moment onward. <laughs> yeah. I certainly, I certainly wasn't always doing this full time as a way to earn my living as I am now. I've been a working artist for some time, but I've been telling stories ever since in all kinds of settings, just as you said, in, in boardrooms, in homeless shelters, on the streets, in classrooms with kids of all ages, in colleges, in medical environments, all over the place. And it is, it is a delight and a learning experience every single time. You mentioned Brother Blue, and there's all kinds of street performers out there in the world. What was it specifically about, about him and what he was doing that captured your imagination, your soul, your mind, whatever you want to call. Um, what was it? Can you think of something that really kind of Oh, sure. Um, well, to start with, he was telling stories. Yeah. And most street performers don't tell stories. Not right. even now, now that storytelling is much more, much more recognized as an art form. Um, but he was out on the street telling stories, and he was surrounded by a crowd of... 50 people, 75, hanging on his every word. It wasn't so much the idea of having people hang on my every word that I found enchanting, right? but the way that he connected with the audience, the way that he was so fully and wholly in that moment, even while he was telling a traditional story, that he was able, it was, it was like watching the most skilled of dancers, it's like he was dancing with each and every audience member and responding to their moves and making sure that they were safe and recognized and as fully present as he was. It was that, it was that magical interaction all through the, the lens of a folktale. Right. It was so alive. And, and I watched that and realized that that was what called to me about these traditional stories, that they were a way to connect with people. And that surely it could go beyond traditional material, but I, I was enchanted. I can think of no better word to describe it. This is Sean Bavala with the Small Tooth Dog Publishing Group, and I'm interviewing Laura Packer. You've been listening to the Storyteller.net Amphitheater. All rights reserved. No part or whole may be reproduced in any manner for any reason without the express written permission of Storyteller.net.